Radio. One of the things that we teach children very early on is to say please and especially to say thank you. Two very simple but important words. The Gospel of Luke relates an episode today which is the only time in the New Testament, the only time in the New Testament, when we find a person who personally thanks Jesus, who personally says thank you to Jesus. And of course, that's all the more startling since it seems that of the 10 lepers, he's the one foreigner. He's the one Gentile. He's the one outside the club, as it were. But this rarity of thanks being given to Jesus in the New Testament is perhaps a good reflection of our own human tendency to forget to truly thank God for his blessings. Just think of prayer. Think of how often when we think of prayer, we think of praying for something. We think of petitionary prayer. We think of prayer perhaps as complaining to God about why we don't have something we've previously asked him for. But how often is our prayer just about thanking God? And not only thanking him with our words, but really meaning them really having a heart of gratitude behind the words of thankfulness. The word which the New Testament uses for thanksgiving is the word we get Eucharist from. So each time we celebrate the Mass, we can also say we're celebrating the Eucharist, and Eucharist really means thanksgiving. And the Mass, as well as being a sacrifice, as well as being a sacred meal, is really one great act of thanksgiving. You'll hear if you listen attentively to prayers of thanksgiving to God for all his creation, for having provided us with the gifts he's given to us. There's a thanksgiving prayer that we enter into between Jesus and the Father, as Jesus praises the Father. But in the Mass, we give thanks to God, perhaps most of all, for the work of our salvation, which is, of course, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And at every Mass, we are drawing down fruit for ourselves from this death and resurrection. We are drawing down grace into our lives every time we attend Mass. And we also thank God for the gift of the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus, who makes himself present at every Mass and gives us the privilege of receiving him in Holy Communion. So the Mass and everything about the Mass is about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God for everything he's given to us. And the Mass itself is an awesome gift that we should be thankful for. But the question is, are we truly thankful for the Mass? 
when we look at our behaviour, is that how we behave? Or do we see Mass as an obligation? Something that we just have to do on a Sunday? Something that we do as a kind of reflex action, as if we were on automatic pilot? Maybe we do it because we're afraid of falling into mortal sin. Maybe we find ourselves bored and distracted, actually, much of the time. It isn't just teenagers who I think get bored and distracted, although that's commonly what we hear. But I think adults too, if we're honest, we get bored and we get distracted. And if any of those questions strike a chord with us, then maybe something needs to change. Venerable Fulton Sheen once said, we are bored because we do not love. So if we're not bored, so if we are bored and we are distracted at Mass, we're not truly thankful, we need to fall in love again with the Mass. Something needs to change. One thing we need to do is to know more about it. Why? Well, let me give you an example. When I was in Italy once, I visited Florence. Florence, this world-famous city, has a very famous art gallery called the Uffizi. Um, Now, the Uffizi is something that people spend days and days in, savouring these magnificent works of art, just being um, awestruck by the amazing um, insights that we see in these masterpieces. But when I went to the Uffizi, I went through it in 20 minutes and I was bored and it all looked very dull. And when I reflect on why that was, uh, I can easily find out why. I know very little about art. I didn't look at any book about the paintings I was looking at. I didn't know about the artist, why he'd painted the things that he had. In short, I was very ignorant. And when when we're ignorant, we can't appreciate the riches of something in front of us. We can easily see how that might apply to the Mass. There must be things going on in the Mass and we're thinking, do you know, I do that every week, but I have no idea why. That happens every week, but I have no idea why. Even something like dipping our fingers into the holy water as we come into church. Often people don't know why we do that. Just think, well, it's something Catholics do, isn't it? Dip, dip on the way in, maybe dip, dip on the way out. But of course, everything that we do is meant to have a meaning behind it. It does have a meaning behind it. There's meaning even to the sitting and the standing and the kneeling. It's all heavy with meaning. And I think the problem is that there's almost too much for us to take in and we think we can easily understand what's taking place. Well, really, we need to really work at it. So that's something very obvious. We need to know more because we cannot love what we do not know. So we need to know more about the Mass. Study it, reflect on it, 
read spiritual works about the Mass. But some other practical steps which might be handy. Here's a tip, perhaps slightly more relevant in this parish than others. Arrive early for Mass. When it says on the bulletin 10.30, it isn't some vague approximation of the time. It's not 10.30, there or thereabouts. It means 10.30. Now, caveat, condition on this. You might have very good reasons for why you're not able to get to Mass in time. You might have dragged all your you know, sick children out of bed. You might have people to look after. I don't know. You know that and God knows that. So if that's the case for you, if you have a grave reason for not being on time, I'm not talking to you. But try and arrive early because what we prepare for, we draw more fruit from. There's this fashion in, in all parishes really of arriving just in time for Mass, you know. Well, as long as I'm before it starts, that's the main thing. Well, that's not really allowing us to prepare, is it? Prepare by praying and by really trying to still ourselves for what is about to happen. So treat the Mass as an appointment with a head of state. We wouldn't just be on time for that, would we? We'd make sure we were early. And if they were coming to our house, we'd make sure that everything was prepared, that the place was spotless. And of course, the one that we are meeting is not just a head of state. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So arrive in good time. Another thing, read the Sunday readings ahead of time. That's not just um, advice for our readers, that's for all of us. We're all meant to be familiar with the Word of God, of course, in general. But in the Mass, when the Word of God's proclaimed, we're meant to draw fruit from it. God is speaking to us when the word is proclaimed at mass. So the liturgy of the word, which we're in still now with the homily, is this first big chunk of the mass. Following it comes the liturgy of the Eucharist where we move to the altar. So understand that God is speaking to you through the scriptures and especially through the gospels, which is like the high point of the liturgy of the word when the gospel is proclaimed. That's why today we process with a book. That's why we sing Alleluia. It's why we stand. So the scriptures enable us to draw fruit and lead us into the liturgy of the Eucharist. And a third thing, remind yourself about what you cannot see, but what is nevertheless real. Okay. At every Mass, it would not be a fantasy to imagine for yourself that this place is full of angels and saints. That's not a fantasy. That's really what's happening at every Mass. Heaven and earth come together. The whole heavenly court is present here. So if there are spaces in the bench next to you, know that there aren't really spaces in the bench. You could be sitting next to Mother Teresa of Calcutta, or St. John Henry Newman after today, or whoever. We're mixing with the whole church in heaven and on earth, the church triumphant and the church on pilgrimage to heaven. 
Remember too that Jesus is here. Jesus is here. He might be hidden, but he's here. It's his real presence. It's his real presence in the tabernacle behind me. And his real presence will be on the altar in a few minutes' time. And he longs to come into our bodies in Holy Communion. What an awesome gift that is. What an awesome gift that we cannot possibly take for granted. And remember, Jesus is not an object. He's a person. So he's not a thing. He's a person who we interact with. A person who we can be ourselves with and open our hearts to. And in some ways, this last point sums up really the importance of the Mass, which is a mystery which we could never stop talking about. To fall in love again with the Mass is to fall in love again with Jesus Christ. Because it's Jesus who here will restore us. It's Jesus who guides us, Jesus who forgives us, and Jesus who wants to heal us. So let's be like the lepers in the first reading and in the gospel today. Let's never fail to give praise and thanks to God every day of our lives. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.